really got to try on that left-hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome to the Scrum of the Earth podcast, the weekly show that brings you news, reviews, great interviews, and so much more, all about the world of rugby union. This is not the weekly pod, but another special bonus episode. This time, we're once again for a record six times welcoming Phil, the prime mover behind the Jacks Rangers podcast. Phil is a founding member and a Free Jacks super fan, much like myself. And if you haven't checked out his pod, well, here, let me lift that rock off of you for a second so you can crawl out. Phil, as always, welcome, welcome to the Scrum of the Earth. How the heck are you? Pretty good, David. How you doing? I'm doing excellent. How about you? I just asked that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, a beer here. I'm going to crack this bad boy open. That sounds Pop-a-top. like a great plan. Yep. It's time to celebrate, man. This team's good. So feels well, good to be good. A, a phrase of yours that I have stolen that I like using. Feels good to be good, right? Yeah, I stole it from a buddy of mine named Chris Phillips. So, oh. we're just, you know, we're, 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 the, the theft continues, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they always say uh, great composers don't borrow, they steal. Amen. So. That's right. So uh, we got a lot of sort of obvious stuff coming up. Um, we have a huge home opener coming up on Saturday. We'll both be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that, we had a great win this past weekend where you were for, to, you know, in attendance. Yeah. Um, but before we start that, I got a little something I think that's going to surprise you. So, okay. Last Halloween, so you joined us here for another one of our bonus episodes, and you were sporting an incredible Ted Lasso costume. Uh, yes. Still, still a big fan of the show. Of course, yeah. I've seen the second season all the way. Th- well, I think I have. I, I want to say I've seen the second seasons all all the way through. Yeah. So I think they're they have yet to release season three at this point. If I'm correct but yeah i've seen the first two seasons yeah i I admit i kind of dropped off a a few episodes into season two but um so ted lesso the show it's technically or you know theoretically not based on real life Mm -hmm. but this might just blow your mind a little bit so i can't take credit for this at all um so i'm such a rugby nerd that uh one of the pods i listen to is uh i'm sure you know who squidge rugby is Yes, yeah. but he but he and his brother Will, who I was lucky enough to interview just about a week ago, um, nice. They have a side pod where they do a rugby World Cup retrospective. So basically, their their mission is to cover, I swear to God, every single game of every single World Cup that has ever happened. They're they're already on like episode seventy. It's incredible, <laughs> and these these are games I've never seen, and and frankly never will see like i got right. enough actual current rugby to watch but yeah. bless these guys for doing it um because just recently so i don't actually know how old you are phil i'm guessing in 1987 you would have been like one negative one about that pretty, pretty close i would have been three years old in 87 yeah three years old okay so in 87 it was the first rugby world cup and it was co-hosted by Australia and New Zealand. And on the 29th of May, Wales faced off against the kingdom of Tonga. Okay. Good match. At one point, a coach comes out on the field for Tonga and the Owen brothers noticed this guy and immediately started looking him up because they were like, 
why is this weird guy kind of dressed like Santa Claus? He was wearing like an all red sort of outfit with literally a pom-pom hat with the, the white on top. Huh. It turns out this man was not a Tongan at all, nor was he Santa Claus, obviously. Uh, this man was none, uh, none other than Jerry John J.J. Fletcher. J.J. Fletcher was an American who became coach for Tonga. Oh. That is just the tip of this iceberg. Okay. So this guy, he wasn't any American, right? He was a Texan, first of all. He was born in Lubbock, uh, you know, of all the Texan towns you can imagine. That's legit. He was an actual cowboy, yeah. became a Navy SEAL, discovered rugby while he was in the military, and then after retiring from service, he traveled the world with his wife. He was married to the same woman for 45 years. They apparently were just, you know, a classic couple. They eventually settled in the kingdom of Tonga, where he became coach for the national team. Apart from being a cowboy and a SEAL, and by the way, he made it into the UDT, which I literally didn't know existed. I guess it means underwater demolition team. Okay, yeah. Which is like, if you're already a SEAL, if you want to go more elite, it's it's that kind of level. Right. Uh, and apart from that, he taught dance on the weekends just to fill out his schedule. Wow. That is incredible. What a resume that guy has, huh? That's that's a true American hero right there. That is a true American hero. I I completely agree. Uh, You know, born in 37, didn't uh, died in 2017. I wish I had known about him before now. And the Internet is still precious, uh, you know, has precious little info about him. It's very hard to find. But what a guy. Is that is that not America or what? Oh, it certainly is. That's the American dream, right? I mean, you, you go from cowboy to Navy SEAL to being the coach of Tonga. It's uh, in rugby. It's it's pretty wild. While teaching dance on the side. Yeah, while teaching dance on the side. Oh there yeah, goes- yeah. And, and final thing, he um he discovered in Tonga that there was no American beer being imported at the time. Okay. That really bugged him. So he decided to become the first importer of Budweiser to the Pacific Islands, and then nice. did that. He also nice. opened up like six or seven restaurants, just unbelievable. Ted Lasso, uh, you know, I got some, I got some script ideas for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that That's an incredible story. What a guy, what a life that he led for sure, man. Uh, sounds like he lived to the fullest, you know? <laughs> I love it. So, okay, I apologize for that little mini sidetrack there. I just oh, I had to give you the Ted Lasso news. Um. Can we, uh, do you mind if we go on and talk about the MLR a little bit? Yeah, I was surprised that we're not talking about me because uh, the last time you were like, oh, I've got all these questions that uh, you wanted to ask me. I do. I still have a, I have a, an entire script for a fill pod, oh, okay. but, but you know, it's, it's Wednesday before the Saturday when we're at home and uh, for our home opener. And I figured I've only got you for an hour. I wanted to make sure we, we cover all that stuff. And the other one it's in the, it's in the can waiting. So uh, we can okay, do that cool. at any time. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Let's, let's get into MLR for sure. So uh, just briefly on last weekend, um, the gold, they got their first win of the season by the skin of their teeth. The table for the league just got a little more honest at that point. It was 24 to 25. Can't get any closer than that. Dallas, they still don't look good. And I got to ask you, Utah, they can be, they can seem really frightening some days. Um, The Jackals obviously didn't look up to much this first year, but the Warriors destroyed them 69 to 22. Mm -hmm. I think that was the highest score of the season this year. Um, How are you feeling about Utah? It is. Yeah, it definitely was, right? It's the highest score 
of all time in MLR as well in history of MLR. Is it? Yeah, 69, nice, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you said that on your pod too, yeah. <laughs> I did, yeah. I, I can't help myself. It's just too, 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 too silly. Um, yeah, man. I mean, Utah is surprising that they were, uh, you know, not a, a team that had won prior to that game, I feel like, right? Compared or, to last year, it was surprising. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, that team is, is pretty legit. I, I didn't quite understand why they had not been winning games. But, um, I mean, obviously, that you're running into a team that's brand new to the league, doesn't have a head coach. Right. Um, you know, and is just uh, going to be running through a buzzsaw here. For the next. Have you heard weeks. any news on that front at all? Like their, their whole coaching thing? Are they just still just rudderless? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the prime reason for that, I mean, I'm sure you're aware of this, is uh, they couldn't get the visa for the, the visa, Australian right. coach. So I think they're just kind of – you know whoever wants to be coached this week grab a clipboard wow. you know that type of situation okay yeah, i get what good. you're saying fine i'll go <laughs> yeah nate osborne is out there out of work uh doing rugby wrap-up uh just for free i guess out of the goodness of his heart i can't believe they haven't called that guy wow you know? yeah. so it was a good win for atlanta they uh went over by a converted try it was 29 to 22 over the thundercats um we had the first gill darby austin yes. versus la yeah it was pretty one-sided austin you know they continued to look very strong they won this one pretty convincingly at home it was 22 to 9 they didn't score their massive bumper crop of points like they have been right but only nine for the, the la team um you know thoughts on that are austin the team to beat this year yeah i mean i predicted them to go into the finals of the western conference you recall last time i was on here i do I knew that they would be good. I didn't expect them to be this good. No. Um, that Navy SEAL training that they were doing in the preseason has certainly paid off. Um, I think. Yeah, for sure. I Maybe mean, they were with JJ. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> right. JJ's there in spirit, right, uh, at this point. Um, what was I going to say? I, have you seen the documentary that they did last year for their entire season? Um, I've, I've seen parts of it. It's okay. sort of on my list, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I finished that thing a couple weeks back. And, you know, Sam Harris, their head coach, uh, Australian guy. He's legit. I mean, he, he played at a very high level um, and it seems like he has his stuff together. He just needed that that extra year there, I think, to really mm. cement what he was trying to do with the culture there and implement his systems. Uh, a lot of the games that are featured in there, that kind of got away from him a little bit, but they, mm. you can tell that they're a talented team. Um, and this year they're, they're, they're taking no mercy for sure. I feel like they were hamstrung by their the, all the coaching changes. I think ownership changes were in there, yep. branding yep. changes. They were the herd. They were this. They were that. Um, yep. Once they became the Gill team, they yep. seemed to have really solidified. Yeah. I mean, you know, say what you will about Gilchrist, that he's an egomaniac putting his name on the teams or whatever, but uh, the man puts some money where his mouth is. You know what I'm saying? So um, but that's not – I think we've explained this previously. That's not the team that he wanted. He always wanted to buy L.A., which he did, that franchise. Right. But um, it was kind of like a favor to the league that he bought Austin. So he's not an Austin guy. I mean, but he's still helping out that that uh, that team there, obviously, because he's still owning it and obviously and, and you know worth his time to look into and, and really build that team up so yeah yeah uh, kudos to him i mean he could be like well i own two teams but i really only care about the la one that's not the case at all he's put the resources there in austin to succeed and, th and that's what they're doing i think it's true yeah um so after this past weekend austin they were still leading the league in pretty much every category you can imagine you know they're five and oh they have 23 league points that's seven more than the legion in the west and seven more than atlanta who are tops in the wow. east 
They've scored 171 points on the year. That's 44 more than San Diego, who are second most. And only one team in the East has even gotten to 100. So shockingly, the reigning champs and the lowly Nola Gold have each scored only 70 points this year. Though, wow. e- though each have only played four games, to, to be fair. Yeah. Old Gloria and Dallas, they remain the only winless teams, and D.C. will be without their starting number eight for several weeks to come. Uh, any thoughts on how things are shaping out in the West? I don't pay much attention over there, to be honest with you. I really focus I'm on with the you. East. Um, I think that, you know, Seattle's a pleasant surprise, even though they mostly, most recently lost to NOLA um, by one point. So that was, a, that was a shocker, but it was great, a shocker. great for NOLA fans. Yeah, I mean, good for them. I, we want parity in the league, so do we want we don't want teams to be zero and sixteen, right? Which right. Dallas might do this year, but um, maybe you want teams um, just like uh, George Kilbrew said. Ideally, he wants all the teams to be eight and eight. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> so uh, it, it's good for the league to have this competition where we can't really determine who's the best team, other than Austin, obviously, right now because they're far and away the best team in the West. I think but they're I think showing that. Re- yeah, the rest of the teams are just kind of you know, in the mix for uh, slot number two, other than Dallas. So that's exactly what you want. You want that, um, those conversation um, initiators or advancements to talk about, Mm. you know, like, uh, well, this team's good. Well, what about this team? All this other stuff. So um, there's no clear um, second place team right now in the West or a third place team. So it's good for the league overall over there. That's a great point. So, so all this talk about last week, it can, it kind of conveniently skirts around the edges of the elephant of the room, which is of course, our beloved Free Jacks, they went down to Hoboken as underdogs, came away with a resounding, beautiful victory. Phil, my friend, you had a good representation of uh, First Regiment fans. Yep. You made it down to New Jersey to witness this, this contest in person. Please tell us all about it. Those of, those of us who couldn't be there. Yeah, man. Um, it was a good time. Um, ultimately, you know, the First Regiment, we had about 30 people there. Uh, the mm. Rangers uh, all showed up and showed out. There's some great um, photos. Yeah, really good photos out there. You know, we definitely wanted to do the photo ops with um, uh, with Scott, the big guy, Ferrar, who is the number one super fan of uh, the New Jersey team there. So we definitely got yeah. those in. And, um, you know, I just I'll start it out by from the very beginning. My girlfriend and I traveled down the day before, which was a Saturday. Oh, OK. Got down there at about four and a half hours from Manchester, you know, five, you know, okay. bathroom breaks, that sort of thing. So we show up in Jersey City. Uh, check into the hotel. And by the way, that area, I didn't really realize this because it's across the Hudson or whatever the hell it is. The bottom Sure. Of the water I know nothing about this. Yes. Yeah, so, so it's across from Manhattan. It's great skyline views, beautiful. But I didn't realize how ritzy that side of it was. I mean, it's oh. right across the water. So I guess it makes sense, but I didn't realize. I mean, there's skyscrapers on that side. Really? Hotels. It's a really ritzy area. So here I am in my full free jacks kit, right? <laughs> Walking around and people are just looking at me like, who the hell is this? Like, what the that gentleman appears on? very uncouth. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we had a good time. Like, like I said, the views are spectacular of the entire Manhattan Island that you can see there. And you know, seeing Lady Liberty that close is really special too. Mm. Um, what else was I gonna say? Have you been to New York before? Yeah, I've been a couple times. Okay. Uh, it's a good time. I mean, it's not a place that I would want to live. Same thing for Hoboken and Jersey City. You know, sure. it's nice to visit for a day. Yep. But I, I was ready to get the hell out of there. Couldn't um, agree more. My frustrations really came the next day 
before the match, my girlfriend and I were going to go to a place to eat in like one of their downtown areas. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't find parking for 30 minutes. I mean, literally every parking spot oh. was taken up. And here's the problem. Like there was no parking garages in this area of town. So it was just like, you know, you know, doing the whole like, we'll go to this street and there's no parking whatsoever. So we'll go to this street. Oh. And it was like the most frustrating thing. So this was prior to the game, by the way. So um, we don't eat any food. We get to the, um, the uh, designated area, which, by the way, is a grocery store parking lot that, uh, <laughs> that, that, that uh, New Jersey has people parking in. Which Did they wild. have vegan options for you? They did. There was plenty of vegan options, but okay. unfortunately, you know, we weren't able to uh, take advantage of that because there was no damn parking, unfortunately. <laughs> so there's there's too many people that live there, David. Like it's just it's just too much. Yeah. I live in Manchester. It was about one hundred and thirty thousand people. I would never want to live in a place bigger than Manchester, New Hampshire. No, thank you. No, thank you. Exactly. <laughs> So, you know, we park in this parking lot uh, at the grocery store and I'm already pissed. Like I haven't had any food. We've just been driving around. It's really fucking frustrating. So, um, you know, we grab a little bit of bite to eat in the um, the grocery store. And um, at this point, I'm I'm feeling a little bit better. Like the monster is tamed. Right. Um, So we we go and and hang out with all the people, the rangers out there. You're basically in a Snickers ad at this point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, we, you know, we meet up with them and we go hang out with uh, Mags for a second at a bar, nice. which is super awesome. So for the people that might not be for where uh, where uh, Mags is the uh, fruit, uh, excuse me, the co-founder and co-owner and CEO of the Free Jacks, also a yeah. rugby legend in the United States he is. As, a, as a coach and a player. 15s and 17 capped eagle just an amazing and by the way super genius as well so he's not just uh, oh, Ron, he's got the brains as well you're preaching to the choir man yeah. Mag- mags is is one of a kind yeah absolutely um but uh, from there you know we all went down to the stadium together i was actually i know this is not the opinion of a lot of people but i was more impressed with the stadium than what i was gonna oh, think okay. it would be okay it's not it's not great by any means but it is better than i anticipated so the only issue is like it caused all that whole ordeal with the parking situation i'm like man as soon as i walk through the gate i'm like i need a beer i'm ready to drink right <laughs> and they're just looking at this like eh, they had like a, a softball team you know with the regular concessions that were doing the concessions for like candy and soda and water so i was just looking around like uh, okay i'm here for the free, free jacks game where are my skittles right yes exactly <laughs> so you know it's a dry stadium which is a huge bummer and i think that's that real yeah, really that's that's for real i'm not even joking around they don't have alcohol there oh yeah yeah that, they definitely didn't mention that in the broadcast yeah, it's well, I think that's part of the reason why the New York fans were so quiet, excuse me, the New Jersey fans. Yeah, give them all the, the true respect that they deserve, uh, the New Jersey <laughs> fans. Um, so, you know, we get in there and we're talking amongst ourselves and the, the game kicks off and we are the loudest people there. So there's about 30 of us. And mm. I think that place holds, let's say, a thousand people. And it was sold out. I'm not going to disrespect them too much. Sure. They filled that stadium up. So kudos to them. Yep. But here's the thing is like we were so much louder than they were. Us 30, you know, members of the uh, detachment here of the Rangers, the, um, the first regiment. 
were louder than the New York, the New Jersey fans throughout the entire game, except for when New Jersey scored. That, sure. I mean, which, you know, is to be expected. But otherwise, it was a damn Morgan there. And we, here we are doing our chants and stuff like that. It was so much fun, man. Like, and, and, and we showed them how to be fans. That was what so, was so exciting. So, obviously, to get the win against our biggest rival is huge. And it, it was just euphoric feeling. But also, at the same time, we're like, we're kind of shoving it in their face. Like, y'all don't even know how to be fans. You know what I mean? me like come on now i mean i do wonder maybe those were all new people who were like okay like yeah. anyone can recognize a try because it For looks sure. like a touchdown so right like anyone could go oh okay there there it is and applaud that maybe that's it maybe maybe they did a great job of getting new fans in for the very 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 first time absolutely and that's probably what it is this is a team that last year played in three different venues across the tri-state area in new york and new Jersey. i didn't know that yeah they did they had a horrible time last year due to COVID and stuff like that. So they had to change venues. Um, and this is the first time that they were actually at this particular stadium. Sure. So it's entirely possible that most of the people there didn't know what rugby was mm. or, or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we're kind of giving them shit here, but, uh, you know, it's a rivalry. So to hell with them. Uh, so it's, it's a weird question, but so, you know, by the way, do you, do you care about basketball at all? A little bit. Because uh, the venue from from the broadcast point of view Mm-hmm. Looks a lot like Rucker Park. There's the giant fence, and then there's some courts. Right. Oh, there were tennis okay. courts instead of basketball courts. Yeah. But there's literally a bunch of sort of, you know, middle-aged people playing <laughs> sort of slow tennis <laughs> right next to it. And every time yeah. they get a, a shot of it, they just can't avoid it. It's <laughs> hilarious. And those people are not even turning their heads. They're like, I'm playing tennis right now. So. Yeah. Don't care about what's going on at all. Yeah. Um, they had really beautiful views of um, the skyscrapers over there in New York. Oh. So that was kind of cool. Um, they never what, they never caught that on the broadcast. That's, that's a shame. I don't understand why that was not the case because yeah. we were sitting pretty high up in the stands. They kind of put us away in a corner, mm. um, and it was beautiful. If you look just above the pitch, um, yeah. So. Oh wow, you can sort of see the Manhattan skyline. Yes. Oh, yeah, wow. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, they never got it. Gave us even one shot of that. Um, so. I was messaging you on, on Twitter about this. Um, the, the, the comms mentioned the, the sideline reporter yeah. noticed that there was a building sort of immediately adjacent where there's a big roof and, you know, the, a throng of people sort of gathered and were watching. And she said, uh, she said, Oh, it, you know, it's a lot like the Cubs at Wrigley field and uh, right. threw it back to the comms. And they said, yeah, well, nowhere, but New York. <laughs> and then they said, well, or New Jersey. And then they said, oh, or, Chicago, <laughs> right, right. Actually happens, but it was so both of both of those guys are big time uh, New Jersey homers. One of them, Matt McCarthy. You could tell. Yeah, you could tell. Yeah. Uh, he's a big um, rugby wrap up guy. So he's been doing you know rugby coverage for I don't know like seven eight years um, pre um, MLR. And the other guy was a previous scum, scrum half for New Jersey. Mike Petri, oh. I think it was. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's he's a USA capped eagle. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you could tell that there was a slant to the broadcast for sure. Every time the Free Jacks scored, it was like, "Oh, Free Jacks answer back," and every time New York scored, it was like, "Yeah, yeah." There was yeah. a there was a noticeable difference. Right, right. But we did win. We're three and one now. Yeah. We're looking for today is Wednesday. Mm-hmm. On Saturday, you and I will be seeing each other in person. Oh, I, I actually have some uh, some some gear to collect from you that I, I have won on the pod. Um, there it is. It's, it's hard to describe. Oh, there it is. It, it's hard to describe how excited I am for this. Um, 
Ollie's job putting together the posters, the idea of these festivals. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. I think all great rugby organizations do this. Um, it's the weekend before St. Patty's Day. Yeah. Uh, I'm under the impression there will be beer, music, beer, <laughs> fun times, beer, and then some other stuff, and then probably some beer. So uh, what are you most looking forward to on Saturday? Because I'm kind of jumping out of my skin right now. Ooh, I mean, there's so much. And it, it, it really is mirror opposites to what we experienced in New Jersey, right? I mean, it was fine for what it was, but there was no festival atmosphere whatsoever. Right. There was no alcohol. There was no you know, warm up games or anything like that, that I was like, I mean, it could have like you were watching the Utah Warriors. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm wondering the most thing, the thing that I'm most looking forward to is, are we going to sell out? Mm. If not, are we going to beat or are we going to shatter the all time record, which is now held by the Utah Mormons? I mean, the Utah Warriors, excuse me, uh, <laughs> at 30, 3,600 or something like that. So we have um, the potential. Yeah, we have the potential and the capacity is around 5,000 for right. uh, Fort Quincy. So that would just be awesome. Um, yeah, it's I, gonna I be know that's time. the big goal for the Free Jacks this year. Sell out, sell out, sell out. So I, I oh, know yeah. that's what we're looking for. Yeah, I mean, and and Max has talked about or at least alluded to the possibility of increasing the capacity size if demand warrants it. So oh. I think that they can they can get another three thousand folks in there. Um, really? So that would be yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Wow, I, I hadn't heard anything about that. That's that's really interesting. Yep, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, this season or maybe even next season. But if they continue to build demand, then they you know they'll they'll consider expanding um, season uh, the ticket or excuse me the seats. I've also heard um, one of the thing, one of the only bad things last year about Fort Quincy was uh, all the markings because so many different groups are using the field. Yeah, I'm under the impression those lines will be gone. I'm under the impression that the Free Jacks lines will be rugby lines only. Yeah, as uh, Mags talked about on my show, they are experimenting with that possibility. First and foremost, they were trying to put an oil, no, a water-based paint mm. on the field. To uh, for it's going to be green, obviously the, the color of the turf to mark out the other lines and only have the rugby lines. Well, the problem with water-based paint is when it gets wet. Yeah, yeah, yeah which it's going to be on Saturday. It looks like right, exactly. So the, the from what I heard is that didn't work, unfortunately, and the and the green was the wrong color. So what from the last time that I heard from him about this, he was saying that they're going to try to use an oil-based paint mm. that is a sh- shade closer to the actual turf. Um, I don't know if that has been successful or not, but I know that they're trying to fix it. So there are, you know, this is a, this is an organization that is very, very conscious of what the fans want. Mm. So they know it's a problem and the fans don't like it and they're trying to find a solution. So that, I mean, you can't ask for too much better than that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, During the, uh, the New Jersey game, they, they also have a super marked up field there at JFK. And there was at least two times where I was like, Oh, he's out. Ah! He's still, and I felt like right. our players almost yeah. felt the same thing. Like, wait, wasn't that the, uh, wasn't that the sideline? Yeah. I mean, again, I'm a guy that played rugby for a number of years and I was still a little confused watching it there from the, uh, the colors yeah. of the sideline was a little tricky too. Cause I, I, you know, as it's happening, I don't know if he stepped out because there's two different damn lines, right. like which one is which. So, you know, yeah, yeah. It's difficult for all of us. So I would love to ask you just for a second, you, you and I, we both talk about this guy all the time. Yeah. 
Mr. Bodine. <laughs> the, the comms always call him Bodine as if yes. he's like a linebacker for UT Austin right. or something. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Bowden. Um, yes. Can you talk a little bit about how incredible Bowden Walker has been for our team this year? Um, on my show, I said that he's the best player in MLR, which I believe is the truth. I believe that's um, true. And I also added on, I think he's one of the best informed tens in the entire world right now playing. Um, you know, and I'm not too shy about, you know, going ahead and saying that that, that might be the case as well. I mean, he's top sure. 10 for sure um, in that conversation. Not even his pres- uh, preferred position, though. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, and he is really settled into the, that number 10 jersey. Uh, God bless him. Uh, the Red Ghosts, Harrison Boyle, got injured last year yeah. and then found himself out of a job, or at least uh, not, not entirely out of a job, but out of a uh, shirt to wear. Um, you know, he's on the bench right now. So it, it's, it sucks, but that's just the professional life of rugby, right? I mean, um, it is. Bodine said, okay, I'll take that 10 jersey. And, you know, by the way, you're not getting it back, uh, at least for right now. <laughs> but here's the thing is like, what's so cool about that is now we have a lot of good depth. Because we know Harrison Boyle can perform that job. And by the way, Harrison yep. Boyle, I'm not trying to shit on, my, on him at all. The guy's like 21 years old. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's super young. A lot of potential there. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the uh, the depth you mentioned, that from everything I've been, you know, all the people I've talked to this year, it seems like that's the biggest difference. It seems like we can have two legit sides, like not an A and B team, but an A and A team mm-hmm. playing against each other in training. Um, that is huge for us. I, th- I think that's incredible. I think, yeah. you know, you mentioned Harrison Boyle in, in a little Twitter thread we were doing recently. Um, who are some other guys off the bench who you are you know, sort of expecting good things out of? I mean, th- there's one guy that has performed because he wouldn't normally be a starter, and that's Mitch Wilson. Yes. For the past three games, because Dougie Fife has been suspended, Mitch Wilson has slotted in at, at 15 and hasn't made any major mistakes. And in fact, you can argue that he's made the team even better um, in that position. So what we want, you know, from this depth is just don't screw up. Right. Make sure that you're if you're not the starter, if someone's injured or suspended, you're coming in and we're not noticing you making mistakes or making right. the team look bad or anything like that. And that's what Mitch Wilson has done. Um, so he's held that place for Dougie five very well at 15. Um, another guy is uh, and he's been injured, unfortunately, is Justin Johnson. So this mm. was the first round pick last year, not this year, but last or two years ago at this point. I think last two. Year, yeah. Yeah. Um, first round pick, six overall to the Free Jacks, our first ever draft pick. Right. Um, what happens is, is um, um, gosh, what um, Matumbu was supposed to be over here from South Africa, our number six, but he had visa issues for like the first, let's say, four weeks. Okay. So we had to play JJ in that position, and he was fantastic. You know, there was no no concern with him coming in. This guy is a guy that played at Life University right. at a very, very high level, won national championships, All-American, yada, yada, yada. Guy comes in with no stars in his eyes and quietly does his job and holds that place. Uh, for our our, um, our guy to come in, um, you know, over the course of a couple of weeks. Um, and he took over that sp- starting spot. But then again, you know, this guy's still in the team. He's been injured right now. But if we have these injuries, God forbid, in the uh, back row area, I feel confident about him coming in and slotting in without there being any issues. And by the way, our number eight man is not our starting guy. Jesse Peretti has not played yet. 
This is a super rugby resume oh. guy. He yeah, has the yeah, talent yeah. to be an all black. He just, you know, there's some other issues and I'm not going to get into that because this is like a fan type of thing. But ultimately this guy has all black talent, like, yeah. of, you know, genetic, just excellence. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So, um, you know, he hasn't played a single minute for the free Jacks yet. And like I said, Terrell, um, Terrell Peretti, or excuse me, Terrell Pita has slotted in there. This guy, you know, a lot of people don't recognize the name, but he was a uh, Maori, um, New Zealand Maori. So he was, you know, in the, the feeder uh, yeah, yeah. organization to the All Blacks. The, yep. um, so, yeah, I mean, the guy is legit. He made appearances in the NPC. He, he's an incredible player. Incredible player. You're absolutely right. And um, that's one thing is about this team is there's so much depth. Uh, it's just really impressive. So I'm really glad you mentioned the the sort of Kiwi connection we've got now. We've yeah. we've got this sort of direct bloodline to Dunedin, and uh, so we've. I mean, maybe uh, I don't want to sound stupid. Maybe some of these guys aren't from Dunedin, but <laughs> we've got. Here's my list of my three Kiwis I want to ask you about. Joe Johnston. Joe Johnston has been unbelievable this yep. year he's destroying every breakdown every ruck he's in there yep. he picks his chances he finds the right times he's just killing people with turnovers we've got slade mcdowell yep. who i love who looks like a character actor from a bunch of movies i feel like he, i've seen him in a, a, like the marvel universe or something yeah. and just as you say jesse perete uh these three kiwis i feel like this uh, avenue we've opened between us and Southern New Zealand, it's yeah. working really well for us, right? Absolutely. I mean, you could argue that Slade McDowell or um, Joe Johnston has been the MVP of our yep. forward pack this year. Definitely. Um, you know, Joe just quietly goes about his business. He could be a USA Eagle right now. Like, uh, that's how is he, good is he qualified? Is his mom he is, is from Boston. Yes. Yes, he is through, oh. I believe, his mother. Oh, come on. Um, so it's possible that he could be uh, suiting up in an Eagles jersey. He was given the opportunity by the, our uh, Gary Gold, the USA coach, last year and decided to turn it down because oh. he's thinking that he can play in the NPC. Like he said, he feels like he can be a year long rugby player. That's right. You talked yeah. about this on your pod, actually, I too. Sure did. Yeah. 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 So, and, and Slade McDowell, you know, also a super rugby resume, um, quietly comes in and absolutely has lit the league on fire. Um, playing his position across from uh, Joe. He's playing seven and Joe plays six right now. So those two guys are just unbelievable at what they do in, on the Free Jacks team. And I think that they are quietly the MVPs right now for the forward pack. I'm totally with you. And uh, Slade in, in particular, he got that red card. Um, I think we, you and I probably talked about this on, on this very space. Um, somehow last year, there was only five red cards in the entire <laughs> season, which seems like, Huh. Yeah. Although, uh, to be fair, the stats, you know, MLR stats, I, I, they, they definitely have some interns working on this stuff. So yep. maybe that was wrong. But uh, yeah, so to get a couple of red cards and a couple of suspensions really early was very strange. Um, but Slade got the red card and didn't get any suspension. So we'll see him again immediately. And, I think that was a bit done. of a... I think that was a bit of a tip of the hat uh, to, to excuse me, tip of the hat because of Dougie Five suspension was completely unjust and unnecessary. Yeah. They were like, okay, yeah, well, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna hurt you guys any further. I think um, I think it's the makeup call, like the yes, about exactly. The that's, it's the makeup. That's call. a much wet, better way to describe it than I just said. It's a makeup call for their mistake. <laughs> You're right. So, in the West right now. The, the 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 top three are the league leading powerhouses uh the, the the team from austin 
they just won their guild derby san diego they're a frightening dark horse for me right now. Yeah. Uh, I think they're right back where they had been before. And the resurgence Seattle, you already mentioned them. Mm-hmm. Amazingly, the Thundercats are right next under them. Yeah. <laughs> they're only one spot above the reigning champions. Um, before we even talk about the East, you know, Phil, what's going on over there? I mean, ultimately, I told you, I feel like I told you that uh, Houston would be better this year. You did. Um, their director of rugby is legit. This is a guy that's uh, coached at the highest level, really. I mean, South mm. Africa, uh, even though I'm an England fan, I, you know, you have to give them respect as one of the best top three um, rugby nations in oh, the yeah. world, um, you know, at any given moment. So this guy has been at the heights of that level and was like, OK, I'm just going to come over to the United States now. And he has. The thing is, is like, it's going to take a little bit more time, right? They won that initial game against LA and everybody's jaw dropped. Like, what is going on over there? But we should have known better because if he's going to bring in his culture and his guys from South Africa, that mm. team will be legit. It's just right. going to take a little bit more time. They seem a bit, you know, inconsistent right now. But that first win, I think, is what we can expect going forward from Houston. And this is a franchise. Again, I'm, I'm a kind of a Houston homer, like secretly uh, right. low-key um, because of my family connections and all that sort of stuff. Um this is a team that has, other than Austin, which has really turned it around, obviously, with the change in ownership, they have been like the low, lowly guys of the league since the league began. You know, they've been like the worst team. So to see them now resurrected as this different and awesome animal is very exciting stuff. I do love that. Yeah. So you and I will be there on Saturday. Yes. Uh, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot. I'm sure you have, too. Uh, I've been trying to think. So when I was uh, sort of formulating my little script for what we could talk about, I thought, what are the things you've been waiting for? And then I some, somehow I thought, oh, it's it's like waitings has become a thing. Like I can gather a bunch of waitings together. Like well, there, <laughs> there's a bundle of waitings I have yes. right now. Yeah. What, do, do you have a bundle of waitings for Saturday that you're waiting to just rip open and, you know, Oh, yeah. Like, uh, ultimately, you know, thank God I've got a designated driver and my girlfriend that's going to be coming to the game, too, because Ah, I would love to get a little list because I didn't get to last weekend. Right. Because there was no alcohol being sold in Hoboken, (laughs) New Jersey. I still can't believe that. A A rugby match. Not in Utah. It's insane. It's absolutely (laughs) insane. So I'd love to tie one on, to be honest with you, because, you know, it's been a long time coming for all of us Free Jacks fans. When was that game uh, against uh, Atlanta? Like nine months ago at this point? It feels like forever ago since we've been to Fort Quincy. And I just hope everybody has a great time. But here's the thing, like, you know, if you're coming to the game, make sure that you're loud as well. Like, you know, let's help, you know, fuel our team to a victory and make sure that everybody understands that we are the best fans in MLR and we show it with our atmosphere that we create at Fort Quincy. It needs to be a very intimidating environment to help our boys win the game. That's like, yep. just you know, it, it seems so simple to say, but we have to make sure that as a, a fan base that we're embrace. We don't want to sit on our hands like right. New Jersey did in um, on Saturday because they did their team no favors. Um, at all um so we don't want to be that fan base that is just super quiet and, and that sort of stuff that doesn't help their team uh to victory on the pitch you know you make a, a great point too because i you know we're both homers so obviously everyone's going to accuse us of that but i do think you're right i think we are the best fans i think our atmosphere is the best 
I think we have an opportunity to show that again on Saturday. I think we showed it last year at the the, the opening game at Fort Quincy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there, there's lots of rugby fans out there, but I think ours are the most ready, the most vocal. The I think I just think we're the best. Uh, the way that I've pointed it out so far, because we haven't had any home games this year, is just look at our online presence with all of the Free Jacks yeah. fans being extremely vocal on Twitter and stuff like that. Yep. I don't see that from any other fan base. Now, you will see a rando, like a super fan, that will talk about their team, but there's nobody like backing them up in these in these uh, these yeah, uh, yeah. tweets and replies. But our guys, we're like eight people deep. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that's very encouraging. I mean, this area is, is great with fan bases and winning championships and having this winning mentality and great and I do mean great fan bases like look at the Bruins like those guys show up the people that go to those yeah, games yeah. they get absolutely lit and they have a blast at those it's games true. Um, so you know I want that for our free jacks and, and part of that is just uh, making sure that you're participating in what we're trying to do with the first regiment it's extremely important and th- by the way the organization is paying very close attention to what the first regiment is doing because they understand that what we are building with the first regiment and you know any other supporters group that wants to get started up it help it, it we make it easy on the organization right because we have right, right, passionate right. fans and we grow these things ourselves so they don't have to spend all this money on you know whatever they need to do to attract fans we can help them with that yeah 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 that, that that's such a great point phil and uh, the first regiment is is such a great you know sort of group and uh, i'll of course link it in my show notes and everything uh, it's also funny that you mentioned like the Montreal fans in particular for, for years, my job was to go into Boston. And so I'd be taking the commuter rail into North station. And it's, you know, that's, it's basically the basement of the TD bank right. garden. Yeah. And uh, you know, you can't tell when the Celtics are playing, nobody really cares. You can't tell when the Bruins are regularly playing, nobody cares. But when the Canadians Right. When, when Les Habitants, when they're in town, yep. the place is overrun with yep. those fans. And, yep. and uh, you know, I don't really care about hockey, but I, I got to respect that. That's fantastic. I think that's so great. And yeah, exactly what you mean. Like, uh, we need to represent that right now. Just looking at it like a historical perspective here, like we are at the very foundations of a league that could last if it works out in our favor well beyond our lifetimes. So think of it like this, like great point, um, you know, um, NFL, right. is like the biggest global product right. other than soccer, which I, I actually, I, I hate to say it like that because I am a soccer fan, okay. but you know, um, other than soccer, the NFL is huge globally. It is. Um, and you know, it, it, is, it, is, it is, it is true that that is the case. Yep. And here's the thing is like, can you imagine the, the people that's like, you know, whatever teams, you know, started out from the very beginning, their fan base is creating a culture way back then that may still, you know, have some relevance to what is going on today. Yep. That is what we're doing people with the first regiment and all of the, you know, the fan interactions that we have, we're building a culture for the future of American rugby in the Boston area. If that's not cool, or you, you know, you, that's something that you, that just goes over your head or something like that. I feel bad for you because this, we are at the ground level of something that we, as when we become old, old men can walk into Fort Quincy or whatever rugby specific stadium there is, that is going to be built by Mags himself yeah. and say, <laughs> we started, you, this. you know, he'll be there with like a rented backhoe or something. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. 
absolutely. Yeah. Building uh, all kinds of stuff in the background. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, I, I'm very passionate about it, obviously. And I just, I think, um, you know, this is a, not an opportunity that we can just miss that we can't hit a home run on. It's super important. Super. Phil, th- those are some of my favorite points I've ever heard on this, on this show. And because um, America has taken swings at rugby before yep. and they have all failed. And this one didn't. And this one, in my opinion, faced the biggest, steepest challenges of all. And yet here we are. That's right. Here we are. And that's, we'll a, that's uh, you know, that, that's the dedication of the owners. That's the dedication of the fans. That's the, de- I mean, I don't want to pat ourselves on the back, but dedication of you and me and the ability for us to talk about these things in these spaces. Uh, it's a new ball game. And I think it's for real. Listen, I'll pat ourselves on the back right now. I'm going to do it right now. This, hey. this, listen, I do that. I I spend hours a week on this shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know you do too. So, you know, it, it's okay to pat ourselves on the back every once in a while because, you know, we're helping this thing along. You know, we want to be humble and, and hungry and driven and stuff like that. But at the same time, like nobody else is doing this shit. So it might as well pat ourselves on the back every once in a while because we're trying to help this thing along. True. And you were there with me, you know, last season at Fort Quincy for the 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 debut of uh, Fort Quincy. You must have been hearing the same things in the stands as I was hearing people all around you just being like, oh, I didn't know it was going to be this intense. I didn't know it was going to be this incredible. I didn't know I'd hear sounds like that. I didn't know they're going to hit each other that hard. Like real grassroots, brand new fans. I think it's working. You know what? It, it, it drives me crazy because all we have to do is put this product in front of people. That's that's the real challenge. Yeah. Um, it's not that they're not going to like the game or they're not going to understand it. You know, all you have to see is a, a hard tackle on somebody and, and Americans are going to be like, it's going to turn on in their yep. brain. Yep. Like, obviously, there's a lot of laws in rugby and it can get confusing what happens in the breakdown or the scrum. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. that's a little foreign to the people. Scrum is endlessly confusing to even people who play rugby. Right. Absolutely. That's true. Um, but, you know, we just have to put people in front of it and say, watch this for a second, because if you like American football, you're going to love rugby. It's true. So I came across a little, uh, I've been doing this recently. I came across a, a great poem. We were talking about how we, we've gathered these, these things we're waiting for. And somehow I, I decided that waiting is a, a noun in some cases. And we've got these waitings we're piling up. And I found this thing that says, here the night is fierce with light. Here the great wheels come and go. Here are partings, waitings, meetings, mysteries of joy and woe. And that sounds to me like a Saturday in uh, in Quincy. Hell yeah, we got some it, mysteries of joys and woe coming. It, it's going to bring everything together, right? I mean, you know, we spend a lot of time on what we do, and and you know, the the hope is is that we're attracting people and, and we're engaging people to come out and support our team, and, and we'll be able to see that progress on Saturday. So, you know, obviously the game itself is extremely important, and having fun at the festival is important. But I want to take a second because. Here's my mm. thing. Like, it's not some sort yes. of oddity that I get like anxious and stuff like that when I'm driving to venues and stuff like that. It happens all the time. But once you get, once I can get over that, I want to really want to take some time to myself and say, look at what we've helped build. Now, I'm not saying yes. we did it ourselves, not at no. all. There's a lot of people involved in this whole thing uh, to make it work, but we are a very s- small part of that. 
but we can say we've helped this move along a little bit further and just imagine where we're going to be next year of our home opener oh yeah as well oh phil that is a fantastic point that is that is that is exactly how i feel like Exactly. Like I, I can't take credit for it. On the other hand, it fe- I'm proud to have been yes. a part of this thing from the very beginning. Yes. When I learned that there was going to be a local rugby team, I said, I'm in. That, yeah. That's it. I'm going to be right. there. I'm going to be there for every home game. I don't care. And here we are. Yeah. And we're three and one. <laughs> it feels good to be good, man. It like, feels good to be good. If we had lost all four games, I mean, we'd still be excited about the home opener, but we'd have a different impression of this team. For sure. And, you know, it, we, we might be walking through the stadium with a little bit of a sigh or a frown mm. and said, we're going to be walking in there, you know, with two beers in our hands, ready to slam them together <laughs> and chug them out right on the spot. You know what I mean? Well, well they actually serve beer at our games, so that'll be nice. Yeah, that, that, that's one of those <laughs> crucial things that are extremely important in rugby that uh unfortunately uh new jersey just can't seem to get right dang that that was a shock to me for sure yeah it's surprising um phil i need to get your predictions we are playing the toronto arrows there are two and two it it, it it reminds me of the nfl where like after week two people are like oh it's over <laughs> you're not making the playoffs you're gonna win the, the super bowl like like we're three and one they're two and two um it's it's statistically just not a big not a big difference but i think toronto are struggling a little bit right now um i don't want to say too much because i don't want to jinx it but uh i feel like we're probably favored to win here what's your prediction so you know on the jacks ranger show or that we released a podcast earlier today it feels like it was um and you know dave was like this team's not very good talking about toronto Mm. And I don't feel the same way. And we had Brian Ray, who's the super fan of Toronto on. And he was like, you know, we're, we, as in the arrows are going to win by three points. So I appreciate his, you know, passion for his team, but I kind of raised my eyebrow a little bit, but then I started thinking about it. This is a team in Toronto that's coming off of a bye week Um, They are really good. Now their record doesn't indicate that they're a 500 team right now. Sure but they are better than that 500 standing. And they have internationals. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely do. They've got good players. Um, Not only that, it's just like, I predicted Toronto to be in the top three um, Mm. at the end of the day. And I still believe that they could be there roundabouts. Now, um, you know, we don't want to get too caught up in like, as you're saying, like we're two weeks in, like, oh, our team fucking sucks, you know, or whatever. (laughs) I believe that this team is better than their record. But here's I the thing, so I don't, they don't beat us at home. I can't find a scenario in my mind that Toronto beats us at home. Now, I'm going to go to Toronto in May to see our Free Jacks play there. We might end up losing that game. But we don't lose at home against this Toronto team in our home opener in this ruckus environment where it's going to be rowdy. It, it's going to be loud. Now, I went ahead and threw out a huge prediction where I, I think I, I said 17 to 45 or something like that. So I was super confident. I, never, I didn't see that. Wow. Yeah, super confident. And Dave was pretty similar. Actually, I think he was, his was slightly more contained than I was. Um, I, I think I would refer to it as uh, Toronto's going to have to pull their pants down and we're going to get a running start and kicking them in the ass. <laughs> But so I, even when I think that's going to be the actual score, I never predict that because I no. feel like I'm asking for it. 
Yeah, it, it, it could be. It definitely could be closer than that. Um, now that I'm thinking about it more and more. But here's the thing is like, I'm always super confident that we're going to win the game. And then the more I think about it after I make a prediction, I'm like, oh, shit, we're going to lose. But I, I don't think we're going to lose. I just think it might be closer than my uh, like huge blowout prediction. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they don't play the games on paper, as they like to say. But, man, you talked about it in your pod last year, that first game at Fort Quincy when our players got that first full crowd in this legit stadium and they talked about how they could feel the crowd like on the field, like people stamping and making noise. They could literally feel it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what we've got. And it's going to come back. And none of those guys have felt that since that day. And I think they're going to be, I think it's going to jack them up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i agree you know as long as we play free jacks rugby i think we'll be fine it's just that if it's a close game i i wonder how close it could potentially be i want to see a blowout win as our first home game um against this opponent that may not be as good as us even though i think they're better than what they're showing i mm, you know agreed I, if i had to say if, if I'm making a prediction other than my original prediction, I'd say we win by 14 points instead of 35 or whatever I predicted previously. So I promised you I would lay this one over the plate for you. Uh, we have somebody coming back from a suspension. Uh, it was four games for a, a, an infraction that nobody saw. Yeah. Who who are we w- looking forward to seeing this Saturday? That would be Douglas Fife Third. That's um, That would be. Vice Duke of Edinburgh. <laughs> 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 or whatever the hell that stuff is. Um, yeah, man. I, you know, the most experienced player on the team in terms of age. Uh, Dougie mm. Five is the oldest player at 31 years old, which is really an incredible. Uh, I didn't realize that. that. That's yeah, a great yeah. stat. Wow. Uh, you know, what's crazy is our back line is on average is 24 years old and our pack is 22, I think it is on average. So this oh. is a super young, super Those are great number team. Um, you know, but Dougie Five is the the elder statesman at 31 years old, which is, is. You know, six years younger than I am, uh, which is wild to say. Um, <laughs> a guy that has done it all um, at the well, I mean, to, 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 to be fair, you're no longer playing professional rugby. That is true. Yes. In fact, I played no professional rugby. I barely played <laughs> collegiate rugby. Um, so <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I mean, Dougie Fife, a guy that has seen it all in rugby at uh, the Scottish Sevens, a champion in the circuit there, and yeah. also played a bit of 15s for Scotland, which is I mean, in a Six Nations game as well. He got a so sniff. If you're, if you're, he got a sniff. Yeah. If you're playing at that level, then you're a legit talent. And, you know, when he he was first signed by the Free Jacks, I was like, wait a minute. Like, this is super legit. Like, you know, it's no longer amateurism in uh, New England. We have a professional team now. If you're recruiting mm. the likes of Dougie Fife, right. you should be taken seriously. Yeah. So, he's a game changer in every sense of the word, not just on the field, but off the field. So just to make sure that we don't completely fall out of our own skins, we're <laughs> looking forward to this game. Yeah. Dougie five hasn't played in four weeks. And when he did last play, we were just introduced to our new sort of style. We were introduced to what coach Matthew wants to do. Dougie can't do anything if the ball doesn't get into his hands. So if we're not playing out to the wings, you know, Dougie could have a quiet game. That's okay. I'm okay with that. It'll be great to see him back either way. But I, I I worry that some free Jacks fans are like, okay, three, three try Dougie. Okay. Where are they? And it it might not happen and that'll be okay. 
um, you know, last year I feel like he scored a lot of tries at the beginning of the year when we were um, away. Mm. This is not necessarily the same team, and it's not the same tactics as Very last much. year. And in fact, they changed things up a bit as well um, later on in the season where he didn't get as many tries. But here's the thing is, like, he walks into the 15, no doubt in my mind. He has that talent and the experience that he mm. will be a starter this week as long as sure. he's not injured, thank God. Definitely. And by the way, he's been practicing with the team the entire time. It's not like he has to sit at home That's and true. just, you know, think about his poor choices or something in a corner. <laughs> um, you know, Sit in that corner, stare right. at the corner, yep. and feel bad. Yeah. So, I mean, he's been practicing with the team. I'm sure he's up to date with everything that they want to do. Definitely. Um, you know, uh, all we really need him to do is field uh, the kicks and, you know, every once in a while attack. You don't have to score tries as long as other people are doing that. Bodine Walker will create tries for other guys. I, I mean, that is sure. proven to be the case. And by the way, sometimes he scores as well, which is absolutely fantastic. He does. Uh, in fact, uh, I, I do have to let you go. Um, but I, I had wanted to, you, you know me, I, I love the stats. Yeah. But the, uh, the the MLR stats page, it's it's not it's not good. It's not uh it's not accurate. It says that uh so so the the LA team has scored 70 points total this year, but somehow the stats page says that Matt Gitto has scored 35 conversions. No. So so apparently he scored 35 conversions off tries that never happened. <laughs> Has he played in any game other than the first one this year as well? Like he's been injured too. It's weird. It, yeah, it's it's pretty wonky. It's it's not good. Also, uh, the the category that they say is penalty kicks. If you click on the little info thing, describes what penalty tries are, not penalty kicks. It's wow. it's it's a hot mess right now. You know, we can't give them too much shit because the person that's in, in charge of that is probably an unpaid intern that's eating ramen every single night. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, like what? Well, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Phil, it's just always the best to talk to you. I'm going to get to see you in person for the first time in what? P- potentially ever on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to be there in in person at the at Fort Quincy. Yeah. We're going to be favored to win. I think we can win. Yeah. Uh I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go here and say we're definitely going to win. I think that would be foolish. Yeah. Like you just said, Toronto's a little better than their record indicates yeah. and it's early. Um but man, it's going to be so good. It's going to be fantastic, man. It's going to be great to see you for the first time. I mean, I, I think I've seen you in passing, but we've never really like, you know, talked right. to each other in in real life. So It'll be good. I got a, you know, like as you were alluding to, I've got this uh, this little lovely beanie uh, that is a Jacks Rangers beanie that I'm going to be handing off to you. So oh, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. Um, so will you be at Fowler House uh, heading up to the the kickoff? That's, that's the plan. Um, you know, we're going to finalize everything tomorrow. So right okay. now it's Wednesday. So Thursday's tomorrow. Uh, at 7 p.m. we're going to have a Zoom link for everybody. I think oh, okay. it might have actually been sent out already in the email that Doc sent out. So if you guys are not um, uh, on those emails, if you want to be a part of the First Regiment, all you got to do is um, go over to Facebook, type in the First Regiment, and it's the number one. Um, right. um, and you'll see our group on there, the Facebook group. Oh, I'll add you myself. I'm an admin over there where you can get all the details that you need to be a part of this and i'm sure when we go through our meeting tomorrow which is thursday at 7 p.m eastern time we will talk about exactly what's going to happen prior excellent. to the game yeah excellent there was at least one person who's a, a canadian fan who's going to be around and i said hey let's meet up for a beer so yeah i'll, I'll try to coordinate that with him too like uh, perfect man oh man it's going to be so good I, I almost wish that we had talked on friday so i wouldn't have to wait so long for this because right, yeah. i'm dying right now 
I bought a bunch of um, audio and vid- video equipment that I might be bringing to this game. So oh. if that's the case, you know, you're going to see me loaded up like a freaking transformer with all this like technology here. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Well, I'll be honest. I had a whole plan. I was like, oh, I'll get a card table and like maybe I'll set up right outside the stadium with a little thing advertising yeah. my pod and the QR code and stuff. But the fact is I have a five-year-old, so we have to hire a babysitter and we're broke af right now so uh adding a couple right, of hours right. to a babysitter just because i feel like sitting at a card table and saying True. hey listen to my pod not very sensible for my family right now <laughs> well i'd love to you know talk to you prior to the game and maybe get you on camera to talk about your feelings uh you know day of you know we'll, we'll coordinate oh, yeah. that for sure i'll yeah. be that i'll be there that'll be fantastic awesome phil you are the best your podcast is the best Everyone who's listening, please check out all the links I'm going to provide in the show notes, as always. Uh, any final things, uh, anything coming up besides this incredible Saturday that you've got coming, that you got brewing? Um, not really. Just, you know, if, for the folks that are interested, just be on the lookout uh, Tuesday and Wednesdays of each week. We put okay. out a podcast um, of the recap and everything in the, the next preview of the next game and all that sort of fun stuff. So it is a weekly podcast at this point now that we're in season. So mm. if you're interested in what I've had to say and you want to check out the Jacks Ranger show, it is specifically about the free decks. We don't talk sure. about much of anything else. So, um, well, you know, you not- guys get into a little bit of MLR overall, but yeah, usually it's, very, it's just free decks. It's about 10 minutes long you know uh, sure. we go over rapid reactions and future picks that is it everything else is 100 free jacks but i get i listen every week your guests are great um what, what do we call them uh uh dave it's 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 not diamond dave it's you know oh so yeah he's got like seven nicknames at this point that's so right, diamond, right diamond dave um big brain dave big brain Outrider dave, that's dave <laughs> yeti dave is a new one that we're going with um yeah, and then there's Bozo Six, who's Chris Lynn, and uh, one of my buddies up here that's uh, involved in the rugby scene here in Manchester. I was wondering who that was. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's an old Mystic River player, Amoskeg player. Um, oh. Played at played the same place that um, uh, Cam Davidowitz uh, played, oh, which is Plymouth State. Oh, wow. Yeah. Double yeah. connection. Yeah, he's oh, a great. former national Cam champion. Cam Davidowitz, I don't think he's gotten a minute yet this year for us, right? But he's in He turn. has. He, he's come on, I want to say, every game as a substitute, as a, as a matter really? of fact. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow, got, I feel like a, I feel like a moron for not noticing that. <laughs> That's all right. Those substitutes can be really tricky. You're like, who? I can't believe he's on the field right now. So it's pretty sneaky. Well, if it's not the eagle, it's not yes. always easy. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Phil, my friend, you are the best. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see you on Saturday. It's going to be great. Go free jacks, and let me give you the, your own phrase. One, two, three, huzzah! huzzah! Woo! my friends as always thank you so much for listening talk to you soon and be well